0: Storms. Don't you like storms that come in with about six to eight inches and no ice? Wasn't that nice this week? A little little snow day to rest. I I consider it an extra day of Sabbath to rest and enjoy, be with family, enjoy the beauty of God's creation. And then Thursday comes and it's time to go back to work. Uh, But maybe not school, right? You get an extra day. Wow. Uh, Storms. If you live in oklahoma you know about storms in fact we we know enough about storms to to know that we need to have a a healthy fear of storms we need to know when uh, when the tornado sirens go off when it's good to run outside and see what's going on and when it's time to go underground Uh, we have a, a healthy fear hopefully healthy fear of storms and so today i want us to talk about some of those fears that we have Some of the storms of life, because sometimes the storms of life don't come with outward thunder and lightning. Sometimes they come in relationships. Sometimes they come in tragedy. Sometimes they come within the depths of our heart and our soul and our mind as we struggle with the issues of life. So I want to ask a a question of us before we begin. I want to ask, what are you afraid of? What are your fears Now, according to the internet, we know the internet is right. They're the three top fears. You want to guess what the the three greatest fears of all time are? Spiders Spiders is number one, called arachnophobia. Snakes is number two. Jennifer, they must have surveyed you. (laughs) Snakes, ophidiophobia, there it is, the fear of snakes. And then acrophobia, the fear of heights. Those are the three top fears. Uh, of all time, they say. Well, I I don't know about that, but I know that each of us struggle and deal with fears in our life. There's another fear I want to introduce you to today. It's called, let's see if I can say this right, philosophobia. Thalassophobia is the fear of the sea. And today, in in just a moment, we're going to look at, at three stories very briefly Three stories that take place in in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 4, 5, and 6. We read two of those stories just just now as we looked at the Scriptures, the story of Mark 4 and the story in Mark 6, that deal with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. Now we need to understand that during the the day of Jesus, and and I suspect even today, that the sea was considered a a place of great life and great provision. If you'll remember, some of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. They made their living off of the sea. They they got their food. Their their vocation was based on the provision of the Sea of Galilee. And so they cherished, they realized the, the benefit and the life that came from the sea, from that freshwater. We call it a lake, the Sea of Galilee. But we also know that the sea is a great place of mystery, it's a place of fear. And even at times, the sea can be a place of death. In the biblical times, the, the sea was considered a place of storms, a, a place of monsters, and a, a place of evil spirits. Even in one of the stories that we read, the disciples thought they saw a ghost there on the sea. A place of, de- of demons. The raging seas and the howling storms were, were a terrifying experience reflecting the chaos the danger of our world we have a picture of the sea of galilee that i want us to show i hope you can see that all right it's it's hard sometimes to get some of the detail but the the pinpoint there is where the story in mark chapter 4 uh takes place that's in capernaum the context of thank you phil the context of the story is that jesus had been teaching all day and he was exhausted, he was tired. The crowds had gathered, and so he and his disciples got into the boat very quickly uh, as evening was approaching, and got in the boat to get away from the crowd and, and to go somewhere else. They were headed off to uh, to Gideria, so, so, gear, gear, the uh, Gergesa, which would be just north of where it says Hippus there, so south between the, the L the, the first L in Galilee towards Hippas, so you can see from Capernaum to to Gergasa would have been quite a journey across, across a good portion of the sea. When they get to Gergasa, we're going to learn about the story of, of, of a demon-possessed man. In fact, that's in, in, uh, in Mark chapter 5. And as they encounter this demon-possessed man, Jesus begins to converse with him and he, he begins to understand that, that this man is filled with demons. And Jesus conversing with this man, how many demons are there? And, and he says, we are legion. A legion in that day would have, have, have been reference to a Roman legion of 6,000 soldiers. And Jesus, in the relief and mercy of that man, casts out those demons into a, a herd of 2,000 swine. And what do those swine do? They run into the sea. Presumably, the, the, the pigs, the swine died. The demons lived in the sea. Again, perpetuating that, that idea that the sea can be a place of, of great danger and fear and mystery. And then we travel to uh, uh, Mark 6. And just to, the, just to the left of Capernaum is Gennesaret. And there, it's believed, in between there is a small community where we believe the, the feeding of the 5,000 took place. And after that, that day in which Jesus had fed 5,000, was exhausted, the crowds had gathered the crowds began to, to, to murmur that Jesus was, was to be the, the new king, the Messiah, that would, would overthrow the Romans. And, and Jesus quickly gathered his disciples and, and put them in the boat and said, now you, you head over towards Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida, there's two Beseda's. That's not the one they were headed to. There's one south on the beach, just due south of there. Uh, on the coast there of the Sea of Galilee. And so again, they would have been headed across the Sea of Galilee in the second story. And Jesus, after sending the disciples away, He went to to kind of disperse the crowd. And the Scripture tells us in in Mark 6 that Jesus then went to pray. He went up a little bit into the hills there, the mountain there, to pray. And when He finished praying, He could see the disciples there on the, the Sea of Galilee. Struggling against the wind to make their way across to Bethsaida. So that's the context of our stories. And, and it's interesting that here in Mark 4, 5, and 6, the sea takes a prominent place in the story of Jesus. And as we look at these stories, if you'll remember, our quest over these weeks is that we might see Jesus clearly. That we might see Jesus with twenty twenty vision and know who He is. That we might learn from Him. We want to see Jesus clearly, and therefore, we must keep our eyes upon Jesus, especially as these stories begin to take place in those evening hours, especially as the darkness begins to to creep upon the sea, as the winds begin to pick up, as the waves begin to crash against that boat. We want to see Jesus In the midst of the storms and see how he responds and how he offers to each of us that same sense of peace and faith in mark chapter 4 again evening comes and the storm is on its way when evening comes in your life and when the storms of life arrive where do your eyes go who do you look to who do you keep your eyes on? Now, we're in a boat with fishermen, with men that had spent their life on the seas, with, with men that, that knew what a storm was and could care, you know, oh, this is just a baby storm. Don't be afraid, don't be frightened. It seems to me you'd keep your eyes on these veteran fishermen who knew this Sea of Galilee, who knew how to navigate it, who knew the storms that would come through. And and we keep our eyes on those veteran fishermen and we see that when they're calm and when they're at peace, that guess what? We can be at peace. Where do you cast your eyes when the storms of life come? Well, these veteran fishermen... As this particular storm swept up, swept up through the, the Sea of Galilee and the wind began to blow and the waves began to rock the boat and, and the Scripture tells us that the, the boat was about to be filled, to be swamped. And these veteran fishermen are scared to death because they know this is a violent storm that, that could take their life, that could, could kill them. Yet something wasn't Right? You see, Jesus was in the back of the boat, asleep. Asleep. Did, did Jesus not care? Was he oblivious to the danger all around him? Was, was he so tired and exhausted, he was literally going to sleep through the storm that, that ended all their lives? Where was Jesus but asleep in the back of the boat? The disciples were so frustrated, they were, were so flustered that in, I believe it's Mark 4:38, that they approach Jesus and they wake him up, I would imagine, with, with loud voices, with shouting, "Jesus, do you not care that we are dying? Jesus, the storm's all around us. We're about to die and you're back here sleeping. Don't you care?" Was Jesus apathetic to their need? Oblivious? didn't care how often in our own storms do we think that God has left us that God no longer cares for us we cry out but where is God and then we remember he's asleep in the back of the boat now we need to get past this idea that, that being asleep in the back of the boat is a bad thing. It's, it's not that Jesus didn't care. It's not that He was oblivious. What, what, what the scripture's trying to tell us there when it says Jesus was in the back of the boat asleep was that Jesus was at peace. There was no fear in Jesus. Jesus was aware of the storm. But He wasn't afraid. He had faith. And the disciples come and and in their fear and in their anxiety, they wake him up and out of their own emotion, Jesus, don't you care? We're about to die. And it's fascinating what Jesus does or or what he doesn't do. He doesn't stand up or he doesn't look at the guys. Why would you wake me up? He doesn't go after the disciples. He doesn't, he doesn't share his any frustration or concern or anger towards the disciples. It's, it's as if immediately he understands the, the situation. And he doesn't even address the disciples immediately. He stands up in the boat, I, I suspect, and he addresses the problem. He addresses the wind. He addresses the waves. He addresses the storm, the, the problem that they've encountered. Hush. Be still. The waves and the wind die down. The sea is calm. I don't know about you, but if I was one of the disciples, I might be more afraid at that point than I was before. Who is this man? But Jesus deals with the problem. He speaks peace into the problem. And then he turns and he looks to the disciples and he asks two questions Hey guys, why are you so afraid? Don't you have any faith? Where's your faith? I think Jesus is helping us here to understand the relationship that we all struggle with between fear and faith. You see, faith, faith is our defense against the fears of life. Faith invites us to look past the immediacy of the storms that we encounter day to day. Faith invites us to look to Jesus, who is the Lord of the sea, even when the sea is a mess. Faith, however, is not foolish in regards to danger a healthy sense of fear is a god-given natural response of the dangers of life only the foolish person would disregard one's natural sense of fear but on the other hand unhealthy fears and phobias can make a person irrational they can literally cripple a person they can turn that person into, a, into a, their life into a life of loneliness, a life of miserab- a misery, a life that even becomes unbearable. And we know those. So we talked about storms in Oklahoma. There, there are some that have an unhealthy fear of storms. When the first raindrop falls, they act irrationally. We all have fears like that. And the Lord is asking us, why, why, why so much fear? Where is your faith in this moment? So we must look to Jesus and with the disciples ask the question, well then who is this? Who is this that during the storms of life can, can sleep in the back of the boat because they're at peace? And who is this person that, that can stand into the storms of our life and speak peace in the waves and the winds? Are calm. Who is this person? Who is this Jesus? Listen. When we see Jesus clearly in this story, what we discover and what we see is that He is the one that speaks peace into the storms and into the winds of our lives. He is the one in which we must place our faith as we face and overcome our own fears. And so now a few chapters later in Mark chapter 6, again, Jesus has has fed the multitudes that day and has sent the disciples on their way. He's gone up to, to pray, and as evening is falling again, when do the storms seem to come? They seem to come as night approaches, as the darkness comes, as the winds begin to pick up, as our boat begins to be jostled and tossed. And the winds, and as you saw on our map, the disciples were moving from from west to east. And as the winds would come down out of the mountain, as they were trying to row a ac- row across the, shore, the, the that part of the Sea of Galilee, they were fighting a battle they could not win. And and Jesus saw them struggling, struggling to 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 make ground against the wind, and it began to darker and darker and Jesus saw the disciples in their struggle in their frustration and in this beautiful picture Jesus went out to them he saw them in their hurt in their need in their fear and he made his way out to where they were you see Jesus is the one who comes to us. He comes to us in our own fear, in our own storms. Jesus sees our need, and he comes to us to bring peace. And it's interesting here on the story, Jesus comes walking on the water. And the way that 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 can be translated is that Jesus was walking on the water so that he could come alongside of them so that he could come alongside of the disciples in their their boat, in their challenge, in their struggle, in in their storm. And as we've we've talked about earlier, the disciples looked out and they thought it was a ghost. The sea, the storm, the place of mystery, of of fear. They saw what they thought was a ghost. And then Jesus called out to them, Take courage, it is I. I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. Have faith. You don't need to be afraid. And the way it translates here, it is I. I think it loses something in the translation. Here, here's, here's how it would have said Take courage. I am. Well, well who's I am? Well, I am is God, right? Take courage. This isn't a ghost. I am. I am God. I am the Son of God. I am the one who controls the storms of the sea. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the I Am. And the disciples would have heard that as Jesus called out to them from the sea, And in that moment, they would have realized and recognized that they could have courage and faith because Jesus was near. Who is Jesus? The Son of God. He's the Word that became flesh. Who is Jesus? He is the Messiah. He's the one that comes to save us from our sin and from the storms of life. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the One who gets in the boat with us in the midst of our storms. And notice what that Scripture says in Mark 6, around verse 51. When Jesus got into the boat with them, the winds and the waves stopped. There was peace. Yes, there was still work to be done. The disciples had to had to to finish rowing the rest of the way to Bethsaida, but the storm was gone and they were able to commit themselves to the work before them. They would arrive at their destination for God was with them and God had calmed the sea. Have you invited Jesus and welcomed Him into the, the boat of your life? If we use that analogy today. Oh yeah, it seems like the darkness comes frequently. And, and when the darkness comes and the winds begin to blow, and the waves begin to crash over the, the sides of your boat, and it feels like the, the boat is about to swamp. Your life is about to swamp. You can't take any more. Have you invited Jesus to come be a part of your life, of, to be in your boat? Have you noticed that He's in the back of the boat asleep? He's at peace, but That maybe you need to go and wake him up, so to speak. Say, Jesus, come. Jesus, the storms are great in my life. Have you invited Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life? Have have you confessed your sin? Have you have you received his cleansing forgiveness? in your life have have you repented of your sin that means have you turned away from your sin have you turned away from the way of life that you have created the way of life built on the the selfishness and the lust of this world the pleasures of this world have you turned from that in order to follow after Jesus in order to embrace his teachings his way of life to follow after him in all things. Have you invited and welcomed Jesus into your life so that he might transform your mind, so that you might become this new creation that is promised to those who come after him? You see, in 2020, our prayer is that we would see Jesus with 2020 vision, with clear vision, especially as we experience the storms of life. Now, make no mistake, when you come to Jesus, look at the disciples, when you come to Jesus, it doesn't mean that that you're never going to have a storm again, that the winds are never going to blow again, that there's not going to be darkness again, that, that the boat's not going to seem like it's going to fill up and sink again. That's not what we mean, but... What we mean when we see Jesus clearly in the storms of life is that that He is with us. And in His presence, He brings peace and comfort. So we must learn to keep our eyes on Jesus because He is with us. He cares for us. He offers to us peace in the storms of life. He takes the initiative to come to us in those storms and He has the power to calm the seas of our lives. His presence strengthens our faith as He gets in the boat with us and allows us to cross the sea, allows us to arrive at the destination that we are called to in spite of the storms we encounter. With all that's gone on in our community this week, especially in Moore, we're reminded that the storms of life are very real and that they are very tragic at times. Certainly, there's more information to come out. I think the story must begin with Max Townsend who lost his 28-year-old son last Sunday night. As we've learned in the media, he, he certainly has a record of, of intoxication, DUI. But I believe, and I've come to believe, that one of the greatest fears in life is the fear of losing a child. No matter how old that child is, I'll never forget. I sat with my 90-plus-year-old grandmother, who was mourning and weeping over the death of her 65-plus-year-old daughter, and I'm thinking, "Wow, my aunt's pretty old." (laughs) I don't think that today, but back back at the time, I did. And my grandmother goes, "It's not supposed to be this way. Moms are not supposed to bury their daughters." And here's a father last week that lost his son. And it appears that to deal with the pain and the hurt of that moment that he turned to alcohol. He turned to that in a way that might numb him, that might help him in his own mind to deal with that pain and that hurt to hide from it, to run from the storm that he was experiencing. And we all know what happened the next day because of those decisions and an unspeakable tragedy a horrific event that happened that will will scar those who survive that for the rest of our lives will impress us for the rest of our lives he ran into a crowd of more students track students out running jogging enjoying life as youth And in the midst of that moment, experienced the tragedy, the storm of death, of injury, of hurt. Where was Jesus? Does He not care? Jesus, asleep in the sense of Being unaware of what's going on in life. Or maybe, maybe if we have eyes to see, we can see that Jesus was with us. Jesus was with those students, He's with their families. He's in the boat. And He is speaking words of comfort, of peace of hope of life you see Jesus has overcome the storm of death he has spoken life into those who will believe and have faith and who will cast their fears upon him and say Jesus please come and bring life and faith and and a hope into my life into my family And for all those who will believe, for all those who invite Christ into their boat, Jesus offers that place of peace and of healing. And hear His words cry out around you, hush, hush to the storms, hush to the winds, hush to the waves, hush, be still, be quiet. Shut your mouth because I am here see Jesus calls us to faith not to fear William Barclay writes this it is the simple fact of life a fact which has been proved by countless thousands of men and women in every generation that when Christ is there When Christ is there, the storm becomes a calm, the tumult becomes a peace, the undoable becomes doable, the unbearable becomes bearable, and men and women pass the breaking point and they do not break. To walk with Jesus Christ is for us also the conquest of the storm, of the storms that we encounter so church, let us see Jesus on the sea. And when we see Him on the sea, let us understand that this is our call to faith and not to fear. Let's pray. Father, our hearts, as we've mentioned just these last moments, have broken this week. We, we can't imagine the unspeakable hurt and grief and anger that many of these families and friends are experiencing. The storms of their life must seem so unbearable in this moment. But we know that You are the one that speaks peace and quiet. And Lord, we pray that for this community that's just north of us that seems to experience so much in so many storms. Lord, we pray peace. We pray Your peace in that community and hope and healing. We thank You for the witness of Christ that we've already seen in so many ways. And Lord, if we're honest today, we would say that there's there's many in this congregation today that would say, you know, my my storm hasn't made the headlines this week, but but my storm is raging inside and and there are things that are going on and and I'm afraid and it feels like my boat's about to to sink. Would you call out to Jesus? Would you welcome Him into the boat? Would Would you go to Jesus who's at peace and say, Jesus, help. Come and speak peace and comfort into my my life, into my situation, into the, the winds and waves that blow around me. And there are those here today that would say for the first time, for the first time they would invite Christ into their life, into their boat to be their Lord and Savior. And if that's where you're at today, then we would want to celebrate with you and walk with you and encourage you and pray with you. And we'd invite you to come either now as we sing or or after the worship service, find one of our ministers or deacons and, and just share with them and let them pray with you and walk with you. But oh, don't let the boat sink. Don't let your life sink away in despair. Call out to Jesus so that you too can sing as we've already done today. It is well with my soul. It is well. As we stand and sing in these moments, you be obedient, you be faithful. Take your cares, your storms to Christ and let Him speak His words of peace and comfort and hope and future. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.